This is the Relevant Podcast. It's episode 970, and it's the Relevant Podcast here in Orlando. I'm your host, Cameron Strang, and joining me from Loverland, Virginia, it's Jesse Carey. Hello, hello. From Austin, Texas, author, speaker, podcaster, Jamie Ivey. Hey, guys. And from Nashville, Tennessee, artist, producer, mogul, Derek Miner. What's happening, everybody? I love having the full cast back. We've had a couple of episodes with, you know, moving around, you know, the cast members. It's great to have everybody. I got to be honest with you, though. I'm looking. Everybody looks great. Everybody looks ready, primed, happy, except for Jesse. Jesse looks a little, a little tired. <laughs> Y'all right? Y'all right, is, buddy? I am. Yeah, I'm tired. I, Jesse look like trash. I, no, no, no. He, he is an Adonis of a man. He is good looking from head to toe. No problem. But I know Jesse and I, know, I can look behind the eyes yeah. and he's looking a little, little bogged down. What's going on, Jesse? I, everything is happening. Like, it's one of those, it's one of those, like, couple week stretches where you feel like when you check one thing off the to-do list, it just, it somehow makes you more overwhelmed because yep. you're like, the task I was on was hard enough. Now, I got like five more coming behind that are even harder. And, you know, it's it's not necessary. It's not a bad thing. I'd rather right. be, I'd rather have a lot happening in my life than, you know, kind Hold of on, wondering what the next thing. Would but, you? Would you actually? I'll say this. In a couple of weeks, we're going to Wyoming. Yes, that's right. And uh, out there, the rule is to try. I my my personal goal is to do as little as possible. You know, as like long time listeners know, uh, you know, I've had the privilege of joining uh, uh, Cameron and Derek and lots of friends and in, in, in adjacent um, uh, colleagues on a, a trip to either Montana or Wyoming every year. And a lot of guys, when they get out there, they like to go fishing and they like to go on these adventures. Cameron one not. time rented a motorcycle. My oh. thing is I like to just sit and literally do nothing. I'm like that episode of Seinfeld where David Putty and Elaine are flying back from Europe. And Putty, you know, if he wants no entertainment. His entertainment mm-hmm. is just staring blankly staring at the blankly. seat in front of him. She broke That's up with what him I want to do for Remember a week. Remember she, she ended the relationship because she was so bothered that he didn't need to read a magazine or <laughs> watch anything. Yeah. Staring off into the distance blankly sounds amazing right now. Like, if I could list five activities I want to do, that would be one through probably three, you know? And the other (laughs) ones, the other would involve napping. I've been going on this trip since 2014, uh, once or twice a year. And I'm telling you, the first, you know, half dozen of them, I was was like, hey, once in a lifetime experiences, let's go, you know, you know, no regrets. I'll tell you, the last four years, man... I just show up and sleep and play yeah. cards and just do absolutely nothing. We're in God's country and I don't like leave the lodge because like I am just like, when do we get to do nothing? Yeah, never. OK, I do have a question for you guys. Do you all do them in May often? Because this all of us on this on this show right here have children. And doesn't it always feel like the month of May is like, oh, wait, you have a choir concert tonight? Oh, I didn't know that. Oh, oh, your teacher sent an email about it last week. Oh, sorry, I didn't see that email because May I'm working my tail off. Do you all feel like that with the month of May? It's busy. It's, it's for sure busy. <laughs> Which that's why I'm glad you got. That's what I'm asking. This is a great trip to go do nothing after yeah, I, the month Jimmy, of May. Let me answer this. I have a doubleheader. Little League football coming up on a Sunday, followed by a ballet recital for my daughter. I mean, even Sundays yes. are getting wall to wall. You know, I mean, it's like yeah. from from church till dinner. It's it's go go go. You yep. know, it's mm-hmm. now I got I got little nieces graduating and proms and yes. all those different things. So it's like. It's the same thing for me. So, yeah, nah, I, I feel you. It's, it's, it's serious right now. We have prom. My son graduates from high school this month, which is like, what in the actual heck is happening with my life? Congrats. Uh, I know. Congrats. But how did this happen? And I had swore to myself the month of May 2022, when Caden graduates, I'm going to be chill. I'm going to be home every day when he gets home from school. <laughs> We're going to go to lunch once a week. Like, it's just, no, no, it is frantic. This is why I hate the month of May. I, I think, you know how there's like weird little consultants now for everything? Like we talked about on the show like a week ago, like a baby naming consultant. Like people, obviously people who have more money than they you know, literally know what to do with are paying someone like $10,000 to consult 
on what their future baby should be named. Like, they'll find the ideal name. I feel like there needs to be a boredom consultant where mm. it's someone's like, I, you can hire me and I will make you bored. Like, that's the feeling I want to experience is not, <laughs> is I want to think about what it feels like to have nothing I have to or want to do. You know, like, I want someone just to find ways to bore me and just silence it. I could see that being like a, a crazy rich person consultant, a well, boredom here's, consultant. Here's what's going to happen. Happen, Jesse, you know, I'm going to be gone for a month and we're taking our kids on this month long epic vacation to Italy. This is the second to last show before you go on your month long sabbatical. I'm going to yeah. miss you guys. But yeah. all I'm saying is Aaron and I have talked about what we're going to do when we have our children in Italy for a month. And the first one says, I'm really bored today. <laughs> I'm, like, I'm sorry, you're bored. Like we have pasta coming out of our ears and we're in Literally, another just country. Go out to <laughs> go, the olive orchard yes, yeah. and go get some olives for us for rocks. dinner. I mean, like you're in Italy, just wander <laughs> yeah. around. Yeah. But on the flip side, I was going to say, I think it'll be good. We're never bored. This is like could go way yeah. deeper, but we're never bored as people. I think that's one of the things I've talked about a lot with like technology is we're never bored. And I'm going to be happy if someone gets bored in Italy. That'll be a good sign, right? They're just chilling. We're I'm just doing you, nothing. When we're in the car, my my little kid, he's like, he's always on his phone or whatever. Or once he immediately pulls his phone out, and I'm just like, I am absolutely an advocate for kids should be bored in the car. You should have to look out the window, and you should have to be in your thoughts. You should have to be bored, and like, so I have like a hardcore no like no rule. screens in the car policy because boredom is important. Like your mind gets active. You know, you're not just numbing yourself with scrolling. All right, here's a question that I have. Um, my kids are a little younger, I think. Mm-hmm. So they're like eight and ten, and my ten-year-old is asking me for a phone. When does the phone thing happen? Because I, I like right now, I'm like, yo, you're probably never getting a phone. Like you're you're <laughs> sneaky as a ten-year-old <laughs> without any technology and means. I don't even want to know. What is going to be like that? But at the same time, it's like the whole class. I mean, you got like freaking 10 year olds with, I, with iPhone X's, better phones than me. So I'm like, what? when did y'all do that one? I, I, I say Cohen still doesn't have a phone phone. He has my old phone, but I didn't activate the cellular. So he just uh, has okay. it as like a game, little game. He can message on FaceTime and that kind of thing. He can message him, me and his mom. But I... I don't care that his other friends have phone numbers and da 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 da. I like right. That's their family. See, <laughs> that ain't you. I don't care. That's how I feel. Yeah. That's how I feel. I say this, Derek. We got our kids iPhones. Uh, our boys when they were in like seventh grade, and now you know I have one graduating and the other in high school. And if uh-huh. I could go back in time, I would not have given them an iPhone in middle school. That uh-huh. is a hundred percent for mm-hmm. sure. Uh, our we have done a, something called a Gab phone. G-A-B-B and it's just where they can text there's no internet there's there's not even any games on it so if like for us it came to like we're leaving our kids at home nobody has a house phone anymore so yeah, that's right. why we did that so soon but I wish I would have done something that was just texting all that kind of stuff so that's my advice wait as long as you can the because inter- the internet is a wild the place internet it's is wild a thing. for me as an adult it's too like, much sometimes I'm like yo this is a lot and yeah. you have to have a lot of I saw somebody tweet get, yesterday you know. as a young adult and they were like, the fact that I have had unfiltered and unlimited access to the internet since I was 11 years old has it's affected dangerous. my mental yeah. health <laughs> in a way that I yeah. probably will never understand. I, I'm, I've am i been working in digital media most of my adult life. I'm not even comfortable with all the content I've put out on the internet. Much <laughs> 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 less, less people who don't share the same values as me. But Thanks. it is, I mean, it, I mean, I think it does point to something where it's like, for most of like modern humanity, the options for kids entertainment was relatively small. We went from like hooping a stick for like 200 <laughs> years to tennis ball for like 60 years. And all of a sudden now they have like Minecraft and video games and stuff. But for a long time, your options were pretty much some like little, you know, foot pa- 
powered vehicle with wheels, a tennis right. ball, or just sticks that you go fight your friends with. Yeah. Like, that was right, literally right. a source of entertainment. Like, I am going to find a stick in the woods, I'm going to give my friend one, and we're going to fight each other with <laughs> sticks. We're going to have, like, we've gone from stick fights to, uh, like, you know, Call of Duty or whatever in, like, a short, re- reasonably short amount of time. And yeah. I do think it's interesting just, like, the psychological effects it will have on kind of the next generation that didn't experience what it's like to just have like when you're a kid and those you had those afternoons that just sort of stretch on forever mm-hmm. it's just like you're just walking around the neighborhood you're just you're riding your bike or walking in the woods you don't even have an awareness of the time you don't really care because the whole point was there's nothing to do right. i do exactly. feel like kids these days there's everything to do and i i just wonder what sort of like the psychological implications will be of that I mean, you know. just 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 like eight years old, I would take my BMX and my allowance money and I would like ride down the dirt roads to mm-hmm. 7-Eleven and spend it on candy or I would build a fort in the woods or I would come up with ideas and I would have to figure it out, whatever. And if I had video games or, or a phone, I would have probably just hung out of the house and just scrolled or clicked buck- buttons. And But I'm out there like creating and problem solving and, you know, like creating a world uh, a thought world that kids don't have today i don't know i know Man, we all sound old saying sure. this but it's like it's true though. to me but to me like it's about the kid it's about it's about being uh, technology being a crutch or not to me as long as my son is in balance and he's not like being sucked into a black hole of screens and we have margin and boundaries just like anything in life we should all have right. boundaries and margin and you know, uh, be transparent and have accountability and all that. Then I'm 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 cool with it in moderation. But I I want him to be bored. The other day he had a buddy over and they were playing video games and they came out and they were tired of the video game. Like what else is there to do? I was like literally that's it. All screens are off. Get outside. Like two boys. There's a lake out there. Go th- literally, Derek. I'm telling you, I looked up five hey, your minutes house later. Is dope man. You got a fire pool. You got yeah. all kind of stuff. Man. Like falls out bored. Front. And, and, and like, show you something. Can't runs by the house with a hoop and a stick down a street line. (laughs) I'm telling you, five minutes later, the two boys are out at the lakefront throwing rocks into the lake. That's what you're supposed to do. You're supposed to be throwing rocks. You're supposed to be trying to skip, you know, whatever. I'm all about (laughs) turn off the screens. Go be listen, bored, man. Listen, I don't care if you're throwing the rocks at each other. Just nope. do something different. <laughs> right. Do something other than this game. A good old fashioned child rock fight. I Welcome mean, to listen, our retirement when... home. Uh, our old people. Oh, the good old days. <laughs> Back in my day, we throw rocks at each other. Um, we have a great show in store for you today. Coming up later, Taya joins us. You know her from United, but she has a solo album out now. It's fantastic. She joins us today. Also, we have your feedback at the end of the show. I don't know how or when we asked this question. It's been a few weeks, but it's something about your craziest dentist story. Mm. Do you know how that came up? Because the last episode, I had come right from the dentist. Like, <laughs> right. immediately. And you talked about the music. That's right. Mm-hmm. That's yep. right. All right. They, there they, you go. Yeah, how they were just playing, like, the, 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 that weird combination of pop and yacht rock. That's like higher love and get out of my dreams and into my car, which still is this kind of a disturbing song <laughs> lyric to me. But, you know, here we are. Yeah, that's, the, a pretty, that's a pretty, pretty scary panel van type song. The... Uh, <laughs> The stories y'all sent in are, are crazy. Y'all's dentist experiences have not been good. So stay tuned for that. Uh, but stay tuned uh, right now. Up next, it's Relevant Buzz. Listening to Hannah Vu, the song is Parking Lot. Season four of The Chosen is in theaters now, and the reviews that count are in. Amazing. Did not disappoint. Flurry of emotions. It was powerful, heartbreaking, uplifting. You have got to come and see it. It is a message for everybody. I highly recommend that you come out and see The Chosen season four. Episodes one through three of The Chosen season four are in theaters till February 14th. So visit thechosenriseup.com and get your tickets now. That's thechosenriseup.com for tickets today. 
Okay, it's time for Relevant Buzz. Please welcome to the show, Relevant Senior Editor Tyler Huckabee, telling us what's happened at the intersection of faith and culture this week. Uh, coming to us remote from, <laughs> I, it looks like, That's right. uh, hold on, can, like, can I describe this? library. <laughs> can I describe this? Okay. I want to hear Jesse describe. <laughs> Have you ever yes. watched like one of those, one of those shows about like some kind of rogue, you know, agent who is going to avenge like some sort of government plot and yeah. there's a senator that gets wind to it and he's like, I heard Johnson's gone rogue. I want him in my study. And he like shows up and the senator is stand, is sitting there in a big leather bound chair with all these books and like old metals behind him. And he's like sipping, you know, from a glass. There's like a decanter of scotch. And he's like, I need you on the president's side on this one. (laughs) That seems like Tyler is, is about to have that conversation with some rogue get me born guy. Am I the get me Jason Bourne guy? (laughs) He's in a oversized leather chair. There are, it's wood paneling the library behind him. There's degrees on the wall frame degrees on the wall. It looks like he's going to sue us or something. It looks like at any moment a guy in a suit is going to walk in, hand Tyler a folder. Tyler glances at it while he's in the middle of doing the podcast. He goes, I'm sorry, guys. I've got to attend to something. And you're like, what was in the folder? What was in the... That is the kind of office Tyler is sitting. There's books behind him, this big chair. Even there's like It seems like a a tremendous amount of wood paneling uh, in every direction. It's a tremendous (laughs) amount. There's like this dark sort of wooden brown hue that just is. Oh, it looks like he has like if you had like He's old. Ensconced. Yeah, if you had like Paneling. like a, a filter on your Zoom that just said mahogany. Like that's what it looks like. Like there's a mahogany hue just over Tyler. Tyler, what does your in-laws do for a living that they they own a study like that? Yeah, I don't think I don't think they're on the born beat. But it is a like because you're not you're not seeing I mean, you're seeing a, obviously a very my father in law's very impressive zoom background, which would be like a 10 out of 10 on room Raider. But we've also got we've got the globe. You got to have obviously you did look at this. Globe, you can, you know, sure. there's a globe, but there's a physical globe. Mm-hmm. Does it open up? And is there like a bottle of scotch in the I don't know. I don't know. I haven't tried it. We've got, I've got, I showed, I showed Cameron and Emily this, we got the letter open the old school, like oh, yeah. Aragorn sword letter opener for all my, yeah. I was going to ask you, is <laughs> yeah. there a blade yeah. near you? Little twist ending, the, you know, the agent's going to do you in with that blade by the yeah, end of this exactly. podcast. <laughs> okay. Like tiny, hundred tiny He knows stabs. what you did. He knows what you did. Yeah. <laughs> and then he takes the scotch and just walks out, you know. Yeah. Anyway, anyway, the buzz. The buzz. To- What's going on this week? No, the buzz. We got some interesting stories this week that kind of flew under the radar, and I and I, I was interested to bring these to you and get get some of you guys some of you guys like hot takes on these. Uh, first up, now this one I, I thought was really interesting, and I'm surprised I didn't see a little more about it. But uh, but the Biden administration has announced a new deal with 20 internet service providers to provide high speed internet to low income housing at no more than thirty dollars a month. This has been a big priority of the Biden administration. Something that Biden ran on said he really wanted to do. In his mind, high speed internet is no longer a luxury that only America that only wealthy Americans should be able to afford. It's part of we kind of need it to live and to exist, to apply for, for jobs, utility, yeah. to get yeah for your utility. You, if you don't have high speed internet, it's kind of the same thing as not having a phone line. Uh, what, what not having a phone line would have been in the 90s. So obviously, AT&T, Comcast, Verizon, the big internet service providers are on board with this. But what's more, more important probably is a lot of those smaller internet service providers that cover a lot of the rural landscapes that have not to this point had high speed internet at an affordable cost for low income Americans that have also signed on for this. So $30 a month, pretty good deal. And, and this is an important point to note, uh, last year, Congress passed a bipartisan bill that allows low-income families to apply for a $30 monthly benefit, and $75 mm. if you live on tribal lands, for broadband service. So, if you qualify for that, and you qualify for this new deal, you basically get free high-speed internet, and that applies to roughly 40% of the country. 48 million households in America wow. will qualify for both of those together. You can go to this website, the administration has set up called Get Internet. 
com and see if you're eligible there. And I would I would highly encourage anybody listening to do this because it, this is a something that I think <laughs> I think sometimes the government, especially Democrats, honestly struggle with is getting word out there about good things that are available. So go to getinternet.com. <laughs> Right. See if you can see if you qualify because uh, that's a good deal. Wow. I that's, love that. That's really great. 48 million households qualify for free high speed Internet. That's incredible. That's the, that's the estimate. Yeah. It, it would have been nice probably that's, two or three years crazy. ago when uh, everything went virtual and kids were having to do stuff mm-hmm. from home. But better late <laughs> than never, I guess. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. The uh, so this is uh, moving the show along. This is the last thing. And this is just I I was. I was very surprised by this. I'm going to read some names, some some names to you from an upcoming collaboration, musical collaboration, and I want to see. I want I want to gauge your interest in this lineup. All right, uh, mm. we've got a Diana Ross Tame Impala collab. We're also this is also going to feature Brockhampton, Thundercat, Tierra Whack, Brittany Howard, Phoebe Bridgers, Wiseblood, Bleachers, RZA, and her. What, how, where, based on that, what's your level of interest in this lineup? Where are we at? Extremely high. I want Uh to know what is this? Uh (laughs) It's the new South by Southwest line. Bonnaroo line. It sounds sounds like South by, right? Yeah. 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 Or or a pitchfork thing. ACL. That would be good. That's another good guess. That that would make sense. Yeah. All of those make sense. But this is actually the track listing, the guest listing for the soundtrack to the upcoming Minions 3 Rise of Gru soundtrack. Wow. <laughs> which is... Which hey, is those soundtracks to be. are lit, though. They are, they are lit. Though. Yeah. It's, it's, it's going to be the missed. hottest album of the year. It's going to be a banger. Dude, here, okay, here's, I've, I've made an observation lately that, like, I've gone to a lot of, of children's movies in the last couple of years. <laughs> yes. And I've noticed more and more of them, they know their audience so well. They know that most people who are bringing children to these films are likely at the, at our young parents, right? And more and more are finding ways to, like, just embed them with, like, either, like, meta common, like, commentary about, like, uh-huh. social issues or politics or, uh, right. like, weird sort of, like, 90s early aughts references pop culturally but more often than not really good music you know yeah, like yeah, yeah, they, yeah. they know they know that parents are stuck watching these right. over and over okay <laughs> it's the same thing like in my house my kids went through a big thing with sing Two, the movie uh you know yeah, it's yeah, like yeah. A, uh-huh. a musical mu- you know i don't know if you guys have seen it but um but they re but the the animals are seeing like modern pop songs mashed up with like U two greatest hits and Bono makes an appearance and it was like this is great every scene has like music that I don't mind listening to and I don't mind when my kids play the soundtrack like it's the I'll say this it's like the reverse of Disney where Disney will write some just obnoxious earworm like Let It Go that just they pull <laughs> from scratch. We don't talk about Bruno. Uh-huh. Yeah, but, but <laughs> right, it's like right, right. you hear it twice. It's like, I got it. OK, this is just corny <laughs> musical theater for children. Right. I mean, that's basically what it is. Right. I'm not trying to dismiss it, but I don't feel like I do feel like that's exactly what they're going yeah, it's for. Broadway. 100 yeah. yeah. percent. Where, where uh-huh. you hear it twice. You're like, I got the idea. The, the other studios are going the opposite direction. They're like, let's figure out how we can get a Post Malone song in a movie made for eight year olds. Cool. Let's do it. <laughs> and it kind of works. To, they've been doing this at least since like, like I th- was the first big one when Prince did the Batman soundtrack in 1980, whatever that oh, was. Wow. 80s, 8, 89. That felt like kind of a, that felt like a cultural moment when you could get a uh, red hot star into your movie. And even people who might not have been interested in Batman were like, well, I like Prince. Yeah. Right. Mm. My first one that I remember was Justin Timberlake. I mean, that wasn't that long ago, but what was Justin Timberlake? What did he? I'm uh, Trolls. Trolls. Troll. Okay. Trolls. Yeah. Yeah. Pharrell did Minions. Yeah. I was going to say happy is the, for me is the Pharrell, one I'm yeah. like, yo, that's a hit hit. But like, that's but not what, a sort of a hit. That's a hit hit. Yeah. But when it like got cool, I feel like was, was the Spider-Man animated Spider-Man one. It was like they, that's when they brought in like Post Malone and like actual yeah, like yeah, posted the song. Yeah, really yeah. cool artists opposed yeah. to just like I'm trying to do well, a soundtrack Kendrick Lamar for the movie. did that curated soundtrack for the Black Panther movie. That's that right, was also sir. a big that's like, right. that was that and that yes, album sir. was amazing. <laughs> like it's as like was as good as any Kendrick album. So I think you have that sort of if you can afford it. And obviously the Minions movies 
are swimming in money right now. So all they have to do is call Jack Antonoff and say, offer your <laughs> friends a million dollars per track. We'll, we'll, we'll make it happen. And, and I, it might, I'll listen to it. I probably am not going to go see the minions movie, but when the soundtrack comes out, we'll probably turn it on day one. And I will say this crew. was quite a bit of conversation on the editorial team about this news item because yeah. Tyler hates the minions so much. I did. He didn't, what? he didn't, How he can didn't you hate the minions, literally, literally uh, like Emily was enemies. writing it up. Emily was about to post, Mortal this enemies. soundtrack release and he's like I do not want any minions news that is not our lane whatever and she was really adamant and I'm sitting there refereeing the two of them and like we ended up was, running it. T- Tyler what upset. is your opposition to the minions because like most oh, American m- most, I find them delightful like most non-sociopaths I find them absolutely <laughs> delightful I honestly so this is true I have very little experience with them outside of weird like wine mom meme culture where they somehow get it's a it's a picture of a minion and then it's some quote about how like i'm barely hanging in but it's almost wine o'clock like it, i feel <laughs> like they have somehow become part what quarter of the that internet is, are you living in that's so that's weird wow bro i was gonna say your, your criticisms of the minions is so specific <laughs> to like some some like so it really has nothing to do with the minion it's like, yeah. it's, like have, yeah, it's like it's a person it's his aunt he is actually <laughs> do you have like an aunt that that you're like dreading scheduling an intervention with yeah like an aunt that you guys really have a talk about uh, her wine consumption wine the, the aunt that he doesn't like likes the minions and so therefore I do want to say like this I do want to point this out I'm going to send you guys the the actual ad announcing this album that's going to I'm going to pop it in the group chat there just take a look at it really fast pull it up and you'll see why why this is a little bit of a surprise because i think when you see the picture you'll see there is nothing on it's a cool looking poster it looks like a music festival poster yeah. nothing about that there's there's no not a minion in sight there's not, not a word minion minions in sight. Is, is in sight which is kind of how i prefer my minions as we know Brock Hampton, even gary clark jr st vincent man even this the is tweet, a lineup even the tweet from this guy who posted it is like what is this he says sorry still, but what is the i still can't of? get over the fact that tyler has a deep-seated hatred for minions that is solely rooted rooted in aunt peggy's wine consumption yeah, being, being appropriated being appropriated for memes that normalize day drinking chardonnay like that is tyler's primary ubiquity. criticism of the minions he associates minions with QAnon followers and so they're for me too yeah, hundred percent. And Cut I've never seen. Out. I haven't seen. I haven't seen Despicable Me. I haven't seen the Minions movie. I don't know any. What? I don't know anything you about them. You were shooting yes. down us posting this item, and you haven't even seen them. one of their it's movies. It's it's, it's on principle. But I don't know the principle Stop here. Me. I, I, it seems like. I, I hate those little guys. I, I want them blended in a banana smoothie. Even the way you casually said, you know, they target wine moms with this. I'm like, the way he said wine moms is like, as if that's just part of everyone's vernacular. Right. You know, I, I meet up some friends. You know, I called up a couple wine moms. Like, <laughs> You know what I'm talking. You know what I mean when I say that. And it can't yeah. be. It doesn't. It's not it's it's not it's not it can be wine dads too it just feels like it's minions have become moms, sort yeah. of a vocabulary on the internet for a certain type of 50s plus meme culture that that drives me that drives I don't me think crazy. 50 year olds are going to the minions movie i think it's the 30s moms and maybe That's early 40s moms. It's just the minion meme the minion yeah. means they should be sitting in like. desks like me. <laughs> <laughs> Big regal bruh, desks. Hey, leave the minions alone, bro. <laughs> They're hilarious. They, 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 they're they funny, man. Are. They don't do nothing but, you know, try to help grew out uh, and grew. Um, you know what I'm saying? Like, they're they, great, they like dancing. They have great taste in music. They I like mean, what's, what's not that like? I mean, come if on. I right. could, if there don't. was a button I could press that would kill one minion and give me $10, I would press it. Oh, my God. I would just keep okay. slamming it over and Ty- over. Bop, Tyler, bop, 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 the bop. Venn diagram between the wine mom who shares, like, it's almost wine o'clock, like, at Saturday at two in the afternoon, uh-huh. and the, the, the mom, the you know, boomer mom who posts the picture of Jesus in the Facebook feed that says you'll like if you actually love Jesus and ignore uh, if you got some, you know, sinning you need to do yeah, or whatever. Yeah. How close to a perfect circle is that Venn diagram <laughs> in your mind? It's pretty close. <laughs> I bet if 
I searched, I bet if I searched Christian minion memes, it would be it, all the way down the page. It would, it would just keep coming page after page. I don't know. I don't know. The people he who said are, the menace of our time is minions, bro. Like, this is it. This one we've been waiting Jesse, on. Jesse, I don't know about that Venn diagram thing, though, because I think the minions are too secular for the ultra you know, mm. heavy-handed Facebook relatives okay, doing the I Jesus stuff. I did just do a little search that just says Christian minion memes. <laughs> and there are way too many than there should be. There I are a it. lot. So, Tyler, there I you go. There I you go. This, this is, all right, guys, I need y'all help with this. Speaking of, we by this time, everybody has seen Doctor Strange, but it doesn't, this is just a side note. Everybody okay. has seen Doctor Strange. I need y'all's help with this. The movie has a dude named the Sorcerer Supreme and a girl named the Scarlet Witch. And I've seen like a bunch of Christians saying it's too much witchcraft in this Disney movie. Can y'all help me break down like what's the what was the expectation like, like of the average you were gonna person? Get? Like what you thought you were going to get? <laughs> what did you think you was going to get? That's how I feel about the minions. I'm like, when you said that Christians may not rock with the minions, I'm like, dang, if they don't rock with the minions, I don't know what. But help me out with <laughs> wait, this. Wait, 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 wait. Side whole Slate article. Uh-huh. This is a documented uh-huh. a journalist has applied their craft to figuring this out. I'm sorry, Derek. Uh-huh. I didn't mean to interrupt Dr. Strange, talk, but this is real. <laughs> no, I'm, just, I'm saying either. I'm trying to, I'm trying to, we got to figure this issue out. Like, what is, like, what is this? Like, with okay. the movies? Like, what are we doing? <laughs> there is a throwaway line in this. It's called, the article is at Slate. It's called The Lord's Little Hel- Helpers Inside the Surprisingly Earnest World of Religious Jesus. Minion Memes. Okay. Ah. There's this, there's this throwaway line in here. It says, apparently the adorable henchman, beloved by Hollywood's youngest target demographic and seemingly loathed by everybody else, we're now being used to express sincere mourning on a relative's Facebook post, blah, blah, blah. And seemingly loathed by everybody else. Apparently, we're in the mi- minority. I and know. Tyler's teaching us. I'm the us. normal one. I'm in the mainstream. I have mainstream. I've, I've, I've got my finger on the pulse of what's happening at the intersection of wow. faith and culture. Oh, I, I got didn't another. even know this was a, I did not know I this was a, a documented thing. Look. I got. I just posted another article. The headline: Why do some people hate the oh. minions so much? And then it's I a whole article on Vice Man, advice about people tell. hating the minions. Y'all don't got kids. That's what it is. <laughs> so you know, but, but, but no, no. Seriously though, because having kids. There's movies that I was like, man, I don't really like this. But after you watch it 7,000 times, you're like, man, I love cars, dog. That's why, like, man, like Planes came on not too long ago. I think that's what it is. I think it might be that. Like, maybe I'm just outside because my kids have watched Dominion so much that I've grown to love them, even though I probably shouldn't. I'll I'll say this. If you drive around, uh, you know, at Halloween or Christmas time, I I am very certain that they have pretty much almost entirely taken over the inflatable lawn ornament business. About 90% of lawn (laughs) inflatables I see at the holidays are minion related. We're one Christmas away from having a minion manger scene, like inflating people's lawns across the country. It's got to exist. So now that Relevant posted this a couple weeks ago, we're probably getting judged by our followers. Like, we're all out of touch. We're uh, What is Relevant being run by a bunch of Christian wine moms now? Part of the problem. Don't worry. I'm going to oh, dig Lord. into this. I am. Somewhere like Jack Antonoff from Bleachers is, is, is sipping on a delicious cab right now, looking at his watch, just, you know, in his pure <laughs> minion glory, just, you know, ready to cash some checks. I don't care. Yo, I don't care about wild. the hate. I'm probably going to see the Minion movie, and I'll probably kind of enjoy it. And honestly, I'll probably listen to a lot of these songs. I will listen to the songs. I'll know. listen to the songs. Yeah. But you think Jack's got a nicer yeah. office than I do right now? He's got another thing coming. <laughs> Bring it on. <laughs> Bring it on, Antonoff. Uh, all right. All right. Well, that'll do it for Relevant Buzz. Uh, for more of that stuff, uh, follow along. Apparently, we're posting all this <laughs> throughout every day. Uh, make RelevantMagazine.com part of your daily web browsing and follow us on all the socials. Thanks, Tyler. Thanks, guys. Stay tuned. Up next, Taya joins us. Oh, this intrusion, I'm in reality
You're listening to Araya. The song is Doctor. Hey, if you like this podcast, but you might like it better if there were no ads, you can do that. Head over to relevantmagazine.com and sign up for Relevant Plus. For just a couple bucks a month, you get this podcast ad-free. You get ad-free unlimited reading at relevantmagazine.com, including the full podcast and magazine archives. Our beautifully designed digital issue and a little more. Uh, Check out all the info right there on the Relevant Plus tab at relevantmagazine.com. Well, our guest today is Taya. She's a worship leader with United, who's released her debut, self-titled debut album this month. Uh, We sat down with her to discuss how to step out in faith on your own, the importance of community and new seasons, and learning to be obedient even when you're unsure. Here's our conversation with Taya. Your debut album is coming out at the end of this month. How are you feeling about that? It's kind of surreal, like to to have worked on something for, you know, just over two years um, and mostly on Zoom. Yeah, so it's 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 crazy. You know, the third single just came out um, mm-hmm. on Friday and um, it's, I think I needed the time, which again, I think is God's kindness to me. Cause if it had been like a short process, I probably would have been like a nervous wreck. Just like, Oh gosh, like <laughs> people hearing my melodies and words for the first time. So I think with it being just over two years, maybe God was like, now I'm like, let's just get it out. Like, let's see what people think. And it's okay either way. Cause I know that that's more God's territory. You know, what happens after you release it? My job was just to be a good steward with what I felt he was asking of me. And, um, it's been a very stretching season learning how to carry something, you know, I hadn't been a part of a full album process, like the mixing and the mastering. And even when you decide something's finished, do you love everything, you know, um, and having like a critical eye, you know, looking at those kind of things, but, um, but it's been amazing. It's yeah. Even if, even if it was just, if it was just this one, like what a, what a joy to get to learn how to steward something and be, be pumped with, with what, you know, what this offering is and, and being able to say, I stand behind every word and every melody and lyric and just praying that it would minister to people. I won't mentioned this but you know was there anything in creating this process that you learned that was maybe surprising or that you just weren't you didn't think was something that you would go through or experience while creating this so we obviously didn't know the world was going to shut down we're like sure we're going to go to nashville we're going to go to london <laughs> we're going to like you know these grandiose plans and then all of a sudden and we are pivoting to zoom let's see how we go but <laughs> to be honest i don't think this record would be the record that i have in front of me if it wasn't for that a silver lining of that crazy season for so many people and it's held so many different things. And um, so I'm careful to say silver lining because I know it wasn't a great season for a lot of people. Mm -hmm. Um, But for me, it allowed me space. It allowed me to start co-writing on my own little piano that my husband bought me, you know, for my 30th birthday. And he said, um, this comes with no strings attached. I know this is going to help you in your own relationship with Jesus. And I know that this is a place that you've sat with him before. And so this isn't any pressure to, even though he knew that, you know, it was something that I was not doing that I needed to do, but he just said, this is no strings attached. Here's a piano. And so I got to sit at my own piano in our little, you know, one bedroom apartment that we were renting um, and start to kind of turn on the tap after seven years. And so I don't know. I'm sure the pressure is different for a second album because you have to kind of like people like, what are they going to do? Like, you know, Mm -hmm. but this has been such a sweet experience um, to get to turn on the tap. And even though I hadn't been writing for seven years, I had seven years of, you know, devotions and of journaling with Jesus. I call it my JC time, which is just (laughs) Jesus Christ. time. (laughs) And I had seven years of that and like sitting in, 
and marinating in scripture and you know it's kind of what the what the bible says we're meant to do which is meditate on the word you know day and out we're meant to like almost like chew on it you know like a just that piece of chewing gum thank goodness it doesn't get stale it actually gets more potent <laughs> as we go yes, yes i wish a beautiful spearmint gum would do that but um it was actually an amazing experience i can't I love stories um, and I usually lean in if someone's telling a story and I just love the details. Um, and so a lot of these songs are, you know, influenced by people that um, had, you know, been going through, yeah, tough, tough seasons um, through, you know, 2020 and 2021. And, you know, there had been a lot of loss in a particular week of 2020 racial tensions. Mr. George Floyd had passed away that week. A school teacher that I had reconnected with at the start of 2020, um, all of a sudden tragically lost her son. Mm. And that had just happened the week before. And she'd reached out to me because we, you know, reconnected and it was just devastated for people. And, you know, we're meant to be people of faith and hope. Um, it doesn't negate the fact that we live in a fallen world, but as Christians, what, it, what do we believe in the midst of grief and in the midst of loss and when things don't look how we had hoped it would look down here, there's got to be a glimmer of hope, even, even in art that reveals what it's like to be a human, you know, Mm -hmm. on the earth today. And, um, and so there's a song called glory, hallelujah. Mm -hmm. And, and it does at the end, like in the bridge, it talks a little bit about heaven. Like, you know, one day our tears will fade. One day we're going to get this glimpse of it's essentially there's going to be a brand new day and it's going to be the brand new day with Jesus when we finally get to be in a place where there's no weeping there's no hurt loss or pain you know we we see things in part now but one day we will fully know you know this is your solo album but it sounds like you really did have a lot of like community and people around you um so any you know even like the Holy Spirit like you were never truly alone so um you know just over the last like year or two years, how has like community changed for you? And, or, you know, what have you learned about community, I guess, really in the last few years? In the New Testament, when the early church was being formed, um, they were talking about how important it was, like don't forsake the gathering together of the saints and breaking bread, you know, sharing communion together. And I think if anything, the last, you know, not even just being in Sydney where, all of a sudden we had, you know, crazy lockdowns. Some States had five months worth of lockdowns. You're not allowed to see anyone. I just think it has highlighted that we're not meant to do life alone, particularly in tough seasons. You know, um, a family's there through thick and thin in the Bible. It says iron sharpens iron, mm-hmm. which means we're rubbing up against each other. We're doing church life together. We're having meals together and we're seeing each other in the ups and the downs and good seasons and tough seasons. And I feel like a little bit, a little bit, of us perhaps um, because we weren't running into each other like we normally would, you know, around the hallways and on the weekends, I feel like perhaps we were missing a little bit of that um, refining that comes when you hang out with people. And so for me in that season, it was um, really important to have um, genuine connection with people. And that meant look like being more intentional. I think that's the main thing. Like, because at the end of the day, um, Jesus is coming back for a pure and holy bride and he's coming back for the church, Big C. And what is the church? The church is people. Are you burdened from all the heavy days? It's not your job to shoulder all the weight. Let me do it. That was Taya. Make sure to check out her self-titled solo debut album. It's fantastic. All right, stay tuned up next. It's your feedback. Hope you
you understand that the measure wasn't all so tough. Kicking rocks in the promised land. Peace out, and I'm never coming back. Now feels you're listening to Hippocampus. The song is semi-pro. Okay, it's time for your feedback. Uh, it was a f- couple weeks ago, a few, few podcasts ago, uh, that we uh, <laughs> brought the story of Jesse's dentist experience and got us thinking about dentist experiences. So we asked you what your craziest dentist stories are. You hit us up on Twitter, at Relevant Podcast, and there's a lot. So here you go. Here's a few of our favorites. This one's from Dan Brown. I'm assuming it's not the author of the Da Vinci Code, but we don't or know. Maybe. We, that's, don't know. That's, yeah. we don't know. Let's, you know what? Let's actually assume this is the author of the Da Vinci Code. Okay. Right. When the author of the Da Vinci Code was a child, <laughs> and his family couldn't afford a good dentist. And he said, the dentist, uh, my dentist was the only business in an otherwise abandoned mall. Oh, my. <laughs> I remember sitting in a chair and looking over and seeing another customer, an inmate in an all, in all orange handcuffed to his dentist chair. <gasps> Not a great sign. Jesus. Oh. <laughs> I'd agree. Yo. I'd agree. When he was a kid, did it. he actually go to prison and not know it? His parents didn't tell him. Like, I, I don't Dan think they Brown. removed the prisoners to go to a dentist. I think Listen, they do it at the prison. Not That was not an abandoned mall, kid. That was... <laughs> That's called a penitentiary. That, and, that was hell, is yeah. what it was. <laughs> you were in hell. That, that was a Saul movie. Yeah, that was... Yeah. <laughs> Kevin Oliver says having a wisdom tooth removed and joked about the pliers not being big enough. The dentist laughed and said, oh, okay." grabbed the biggest pair he had, climbed on the chair, put his knee in my chest. No, no. Said, are you ready? I nodded. He pulled the tooth out so fiercely it flew across the room. And I hope that you sued is the next. I have a question for Kevin Oliver. Why was he not under anesthesia when he's having his wisdom teeth removed? That's crazy. I wasn't. You were awake? They just did topical where the tooth was. I was awake the whole thing. It didn't hurt at all. So when my son had it, he came out and he was being all silly and laughing. Was he awake? No, he had no, he, he went under. He didn't go under, obviously. Yeah, but, yeah they used laughing gas on yeah. him, though. Yeah, it was the yeah. best. Yeah. yeah. Oh, Kevin. I, I got I got this one from Brian, and I feel like this is this this is like a public service announcement. I've been harping <laughs> on this for years, so I thank you, Brian, for for having the courage to post and share this with us. Brian wrote this. At one point in my adult life, I didn't go for a seven-year period. When I did go, I was complimented on how nice my teeth were in cleanliness and care. That is when the quote "go every six month" mantra was officially broken. Okay, Brian. Thank you, Brian. I've been. How many years have I been saying that that there's a big dentist yeah. scam, scam that they're running? If you have tooth pain, go to the dentist. Otherwise, you know, you don't believe in preventative maintenance. You I want mean, to wait till your, your house. Yeah, it's got a toothbrush. Your roof, and it, your roof rots <laughs> and falls in. Then you call a roofer. You don't like, you know. Take care of things before they... I don't call roofers every six months and just pay them to walk around up there. If I have a leak, I'll... Let me ask... Let me flip the question on you, Cameron. How often do you have roofers come for spot inspections? How about this? Roofers Uh, pretty like... Okay, wait, wait. Okay. You don't want to get your car checked out? What about working out? What about working out? You don't work out? You definitely work out. I'm not saying... Look, I'm not saying... Like not to brush your teeth and take care of them. There's a difference between working out, but I don't go to the doctor every month, you know, just to <laughs> just to check on you know everything. If I got a problem, I go. You know, I would go check up here and there. But I you agree don't get with a Brian. Physical every year? No. No. Oh, you should. Uh, Jesse, you better no. start getting your physical, yeah. bro. <laughs> you got to get be, a physical, I'm, I'm like Jesse, though. I went I'm 15 good. years without going to the doctor, and then I went in for physical, and he's like, you just need to lose a little weight, but you're fine. And I was like, okay. And then I haven't been back since, so. But yeah, it's I'm better kidding. to better to that happen and it be that way than it, it's something different. You know what I'm saying? Cameron's like, look, you know? he told he told his doctor, he's like, listen, I just can't, you know, I can't afford all these deductibles. You know, I got I got roof guys coming twice a week just to make sure everything, <laughs> just to look around, <laughs> poke around, around up there. <laughs> so far, they haven't found anything, but the day will come. The day will come. 
<laughs> and I'll be glad that they've been making bi-weekly stops at my house. A whole oh roofing crew. Oh my gosh. Ben Stroop, I'm not going to read his whole thing. I was just going to read his opening sentence. He goes, I hate the dentist more than Jesse Carey hates government overreach. I just, <laughs> That's I how he started. That. <laughs> That's great. All right. Well, there's a lot more that came from. Uh, go check that out. All right. Let's do a question of the week. It's time for editorial question of the week. Hey. All right. Well, at the beginning of the show, we were talking about boredom. We we're talking about screens. We we're talking about exhaustion, whatever. Uh Got us thinking about when we were kids, you know, we, we didn't numb ourselves with screen distractions. We, we went outside and got bored or prevented boredom by getting into trouble. So we want to know for this week's question, week, we want to know your craziest story of things you got into to uh, prevent boredom as you were growing up. Like, what's the sort of trouble you got <sighs> into? I lit the woods on fire a couple of times. Oh, yeah. 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 I, 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 uh. One time when I was in fourth grade, I stayed home, quote unquote, sick, and my parents were working, you know, and I thought, you know, I wonder if garbage bags really do work as parachutes. And so I shimmied out onto our roof as a fourth grader, and I I put on like a padded <laughs> snow ski outfit and like snow ski boots, like ski boots to protect my ankles. And I grabbed Mm. a big old trash bag and I jumped off the roof to see if it would, if I would softly waft down Uh to the ground. I plummeted to the ground. Those, those ski boots jammed into my shins. I was laying on the ground, writhing in pain as my mom pulled into the driveway. (laughs) She comes home to her fourth grader in Florida in a full snow ski outfit, laying on the ground, covered in a garbage bag, crying. So Who was sick from school. Cameron, you was a wild boy growing up, bro. I ain't gonna even lie. You tell me a lot of stories. I have stories. I'm like, man, hey. (laughs) He was a handful. I was an only child. I was an only child and I just entertained myself by launching companies, lighting woods on fire, jumping the great thing is, like, our, you know, I feel like our generation, there, there was one recipe to, to get a kid better when they are sick. You know, right. it was three, it had three ingredients, but it was basically like our generation's ivermectin. Like the evidence that it worked was, you know, I don't know, but everyone <laughs> did it and just accepted it. And that was drink some ginger ale, yeah. eat some <laughs> of that, salty that, crackers, eat salty that crackers with, with chicken noodle soup with those little thin noodles. <laughs> yeah. And one episode of Price is Right. You yep. should be bounced back by mid morning. <laughs> All right. Well, hit us up on Twitter at Relevant Podcast. Tell us your stories of things you did as a kid to prevent boredom. Well, before we wrap things up, I want to thank Taya for joining us today. Make sure to check out her self-titled debut solo album. It's fantastic. Also, a few reminders. Our Relevant Plus subscription gives you access to tons of exclusive features, extra podcasts, ad-free content, unlimited reading at relevantmagazine.com, and more. Find out all the information and sign up today at relevantmagazine.com. Also, while you're at the site, make sure to check out the incredible spring digital issue of Relevant featuring conversations with Ryan Reynolds, Shauna Nequist, Judah and the Lion, Channing Tatum, Bob Goff. It goes on and on and on. It's an amazing lineup. The ad-supported free version is available for your reading at relevantmagazine.com and Relevant Plus subscribers get an exclusive ad-free enhanced edition. Don't want to miss it. Also, while you're at the site, sign up for our daily newsletter to keep up with all the best content we're putting out. Uh, You get a weekday email each morning highlighting the top five trending stories at our site. It's a great way to stay in touch. Also, uh, follow us on all the socials where you'll see everything we're putting out all day, every day. It's pretty fun. Okay, on that note, we'll wrap it up. I'm Cameron Strang. I'm Jesse Carey. I'm Jamie Ivey. I'm Derek Miner. We'll see you next time. Have a great week, everyone. for listening to The Relevant Podcast. Check out our features, interviews, and news updates every day at relevantmagazine.com. And make sure to follow Relevant on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram for the latest. For more great podcasts, browse the shows on The Relevant Podcast Network, which you can find at our site. And while you're there, don't miss the all-new era of Relevant Magazine. A new issue releases every other month at relevantmagazine.com. The agent's going to do you in with that blade by the end of this podcast.
Relevant Podcast Network.